who has your Bible with you this morning? Amen. You know, I would encourage you, you know, there's nothing wrong with looking at, at verses on, on your phone because I, I, I do that all the time. But, you know, with the way that they try to change things digitally, always have a, a good copy of the Bible as well. Amen. I mean, I like the King James. It's a good, it's a good version. I mean, I know some people, they think, well, you know, it was good enough for Paul and, and Peter, so it's good enough for us. Well, they didn't read the King James Version, but uh, it is a great version. And, and, of course, others as well that we use. But, you know, growing up in the South, I don't, I don't know about other parts of the country, but, you know, people really hold especially certain groups and denominations, they really hold to the King James Version. I remember visiting my mom one time, and on the marquee of the church, they had a sign that said, King James only preached here. You know, that's like, hey, we got the real version, you know, signed by, by the apostles. Well, thank God for the King James, but uh, it's okay if you read other uh, modern translations too. Just always... Let, let them agree. You know, the, the good thing about the Bible is it's going to agree with itself. Uh, one of the biggest things in Bible interpretation is Scripture interprets Scripture. So if you're going to have one thing say something, they all have to agree. Amen. So, you know, just like the Amplified Bible, though, I will say this. We, we enjoy the Amplified, but read the classic because they have changed things in the Amplified now to fit modern society and taking out he and him and his and, you know, and her and things like that and other things. So stay with the Amplified Classic if you get that one. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. So I want you to turn in your Bible this morning to the book of Second Timothy. Chapter 2 is where we'll be reading this morning. And let's pray. Father, today as we come to your word, we thank you that your word is life itself to us. Lord, that your word is truth. And Lord, as we, we abide in the truth, your truth and your word makes us free. Thank you for freedom today as our minds are renewed and our hearts are ready to receive. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 in verse 1 says, Thou therefore, my son... Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. How many know that, that the Bible says in the book of John, the gospel account, that grace and truth came through Jesus Christ? So the very personhood of Jesus is grace. Thank God the Bible says we are saved by grace through faith. So when you think of the grace of God, that embodies you know, I've heard people say it like this, it's God's riches at Christ's expense. It's God's power and his willingness to use that power on our behalf. That's what grace is. And so grace has already accomplished everything, everything that's been given to us. We just have to learn how to receive it in our life. So be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So everyone should be being raised up in the body. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier 
of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say, and the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. Now this was the last epistle that he wrote while he was in prison. So he says, hey, I'm in bonds right now. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, that may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Keep reading. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we, deny, if we believe not, yet he remains and abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but the, to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I want to keep reading here, but the title of my message today is Enduring Hardness as a Good Soldier of Jesus Christ. Or Endure Hardness as a Good Soldier of Jesus Christ. How many know that we are in the army of the Lord? I am part of something that's bigger than myself in the body of Christ. But Paul tells Timothy, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. And he tells him, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How many know that a soldier has to endure things? It's not just, you know, playing a game of chess and checkers on, on Saturday afternoon. Maybe there's a little bit of time for, you know, a little bit of freedom. But, you know, it is preparing for war. It's preparing. And so the Bible tells us that we have to have the mindset of someone that is a good soldier in the army of the Lord. Keep reading where we... Um, <clears throat> Verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth hath erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. You know, you, you have the same thing today. People say, well, the, that's past, that's past. You know, the, there is no rapture, or people say we're living in the millennium right now, we're living in the... Like I said before, we're in trouble if we are. Why? Because that's 1,000 years where Jesus is reigning on the earth where there's a time of peace. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. How many know there's certain things you only bring out certain times of the year? Now, I don't even know growing up if my mom used any of the china we had. Maybe. But, you know, we actually use our china. 
couple times a year <laughs> and bring it out. But, you know, a lot of times it's just hanging, you know, in a, maybe in like a china cabinet or something like that, just for display. But there's certain things that you don't bring out to change the oil in the car. You know, you don't bring out the fine utensils. You don't bring out the, the nice things that use it as a bucket, do you? Why? Because it's something that's sanctified, it's set apart. So he says there's some things that are vessels of gold and silver and some that are wood and earth. Just like a, I heard my wife talking to Miss Deb. Uh, well, I didn't hear the conversation. She told me about it, but just about Tupperware. How many Tupperware containers have, have ladies had that it has everything? You know, you used it for food once and you used it for this. And I know we've had things in our house. It's like someone wasn't feeling good in the house. So you went and grabbed the bucket in case you needed to, you know, expel things. And so, you know, there's certain things that you use for that may be of dishonor. There's some things that are for honor. And so he says, if a man therefore will purge himself from all these, he shall be a vessel to honor. See, that's what I want to be today, is a vessel to honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared to every good work. He says, to flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, love, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So I'm just laying a foundation on this. Look in chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. See, that's why we, we need to think and be like a soldier of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we're living in the last of the last days. Perilous times, hard times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, now look at this list here. Do we see this today? Lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. We see that today. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I tell you what, when I read that verse, that, that encourages me as a believer to crank up the power of God in my own life. If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues, then pray in tongues like never before. Crank up the power of God. Why? Because there's a group of people, he says, in the last days they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power from such turn away. Skip down to, um, well, let me just keep reading there. He says, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. So don't, you know, don't believe it when people say, well, you know, everyone loves God and everyone has faith and everyone is going to heaven. <laughs> Not so. That's why we had to preach the word. He says, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But you have fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience. Verse 11, persecutions, 
afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, yea, I like this. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Why? Because those that are on fire are going to have more fire. Those that are fleshly will be more fleshly. Those that are carnal shall be even more carnal. But if you choose to walk in, in the presence of God, you choose to walk close to Him, then that's what's going to be in your life. You're going to have more and more. I believe that as we approach the coming of the Lord, there's going to be a more defining line that who the godly are and who the ungodly are. Now, we're going to look at a verse here in a few minutes, but the Bible says in 1 Peter, Peter said, if, if the righteous are scarcely saved, where shall the ungodly appear? I mean, think about it. As much as we are we're zealous and we're going after God, the Bible says that we are scarcely saved. Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? He says that, that um, judgment must first begin at the house of God. Why? Because God is coming back for a pure bride. Jesus is coming back for a purified bride. That's why you don't want any of your garments um, soiled. You want, you want to make sure. You want to say, Lord, if, if I need to lay at the altar 10 hours a day, whatever needs to happen in my life, burn this out of me. Let, let your fire burn in me. Let me not be the same. Let me be changed. Why? Because I don't want anything to hinder my walk with the Lord. I don't want anything to keep me from heaven's best. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and so, what I want you to understand, endure hardness as a good soldier. Do you believe that, that Paul, the apostle, had to endure some things? And this was just in my heart even yesterday because we live in such a, a soft society now. And if it wasn't soft enough, COVID has made it even softer than ever. And, and you know, serving God is, is just a, if you can. You know, if, if, you, if you think you can, you know, serve God, then. But, you know, it's made, you know, the workforce, it's, it's affected. Churches, it's affected everything to where people are just like milk toast. And so we have to remember we are soldiers of the Lord that, that we, even as Paul, should be willing to die for the name of Christ, for the gospel's sake. Notice how quiet it gets when you say that. But Paul, he says, I, you know, he even said in the next chapter, I fought a good fight, I finished my course, I'm ready. Because he said there was a crown laid up for him. But endure hardness. Paul says this. He says, what afflictions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. See, I want you to understand today that, that people, now I understand that, that people use this scripture where the Bible talks about there's a falling away. When you actually study that scripture in 2 Thessalonians, what he's talking about is a departure. But I do believe that there are people, because 1 Timothy 4 says this, that some shall depart from the faith. Well, how many know you can't depart from Dickinson if you weren't in Dickinson? 
You can't depart from something you were not in. You can't depart from the faith if you were not in the faith. So Paul said that the Spirit speaks expressly. The Holy Spirit is speaking strongly that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, I'm going to do a whole teaching on some of these things on video on just what doctrines of demons are. I'll give you one of them. It says, forbidding to marry. The Bible says that's a doctrine of demons. Nowhere in Scripture does the Bible say that those that are in the ministry have to be celibate to be so. Look at the apostles. Most of them were married. Look at the, you know, many of the disciples, many of the early church leaders. And as I said before, I'm very glad to be a married man in the ministry. The Bible says, doctrines of demons, forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from, from food. Now, it said meats, but that word also is food. There are certain things that commanding you can't eat this, you can't eat that. You know, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's not just about you know, my ordinances and I can't eat this, I can't eat that. It, and here, you do whatever the Lord tells you to do. I'm not saying that. You know, there's certain things, kind of like I said one time, this guy came to a healing school at a certain ministry, and he said, you know, I think, I'm, uh, I, I think coffee is bothering me. You know? He said, okay, well, how much you drink? He said, I don't know, 12, 15 cups a day. He said, well, it's probably bothering you. So you, you do whatever the Lord tells you to do. But don't preach those things that can be, he says, the doctrines of devils. But anyway, he says all this to say that some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. Those spirits that want to come in. And, you know, it, it, it comes from pulpits. That's where it comes from. So be on your guard. Be mindful. Be sober. Be vigilant, the Bible says. <clears throat> so endure hardness. I want you to say this with me. I will be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 2, I'm just going to read this to you real quickly. You know, a good soldier, nothing, nothing just real trivial is going to stop him. 1 Thessalonians 2.18 says this, Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. You know, if you move forward in the Lord, the enemy can only hinder you. He can't stop you. I said, if you're moving forward in the things of God, Satan can only hinder you. He can't stop you. Well, wow, he's not big enough. He's, you know, I think people just need to understand you know, people think, well, you know, I don't want to antagonize the devil. He's, that's because you fear him. He's a defeated foe. Amen. I believe that, that, like one minister said, he's just like a little stick demon. You know, he's just about this big, you know, being propped up. The enemy is nothing. Now, you can't, you can't go head to head with him with just your wits. He'll, he'll tie you up in a knot but you fight him with the fight of faith. You use the weapons that God's given you. Can you say amen? <clears throat> but I want you to understand, look at, um, I want you to look at 1 Thessalonians. You can look at this one, chapter three. 
Because a lot of times people get disillusioned in life and they think, you know, I've been following Jesus and and things are, are rough and things are hard. Well, let me just tell you this. Even though we talk about enduring hardness, we have the victory. We have the victory. Jesus says, my burden is light, my yoke is easy. What, you know, if someone asks you, hey, how about serving the Lord? You should have two words, light and easy. The Bible says that when it comes to to having a hard burden, that the way of the transgressor is hard. I'm not going to be a transgressor. I'm going to be an obeyer. I'm going to obey the Lord. So I'm not carrying a heavy burden today. It's light and easy. I'll tell you what was a burden was when I didn't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. When, when I was full of sin, when I was full of guilt and condemnation and was on my way to hell. But look what he says here in 1 Thessalonians. He says, wherefore, when we could no longer forbear, we thought it good to be left at Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. So one thing you always see that Paul did, he always established people in faith. That meant if they didn't know Jesus, they came to the knowledge of God and to comfort them. Other, um, we also see this word confirm. You see confirming the disciples. That meant strengthening them, teaching them. That's what we need today. We need to, to have new things, you know, new people come into the kingdom. But we also need as a believer to be strengthened in what we already believe. And he says, to establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. So, you know, I'm thankful that when I came to the Lord, I, didn't, I wasn't just told that I'll never have a problem again in life. <laughs> How many know that the enemy wants to test you? He, he wants to, to see. Now, I don't glorify the devil, but I know what his mode of operation is. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what he's telling the Thessalonians is, hey, don't be moved by these afflictions. Why? Because it's just part of the turf. It's just called life. How many know there's certain things that just happen because of life? I mean, I, lo- I like to believe God in everything, but everything I do, and I use my faith. But, you know, sometimes if you're riding on a scoria road, you still might get a flat tire. For those that, that, you know, get off-road a little bit. Certain things might happen. Not just because I'm a believer, it happens to an unbeliever just as well as a, as a believer. So he says, don't let those things take you off guard. At one point, Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 7. He says, for a great door and effectual is open unto me. He said, there's this great door open unto me, and I'm going to step through that door. But then he added this at the end. He said, and there are many adversaries. I mean, don't you wish he had left that off? But he says, a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. So just because that, that the Lord opens a door doesn't mean I mean, we stepped into this church building, but it wasn't without opposition. <laughs> you know, the devil doesn't just step aside and say, hey, you want a free 
touchdown on, on the, here, just take off down the sideline. I won't even guard you. No, he's going to contest you. He's going to stand against you. But that's why the Bible says, resist him steadfast in the faith. The Bible says that you resist the enemy and he's going to fight back and whip you up upside the head. No, he says he will flee from you. Everyone say flee. So that means the devil's going to run from you. The devil is afraid of the believer who knows who he is. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Just a few verses back in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, he says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. So as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he says, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always doing the things of God. Why? You know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you remember Hebrews, he said this. He says that, that um, God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love which you showed the brethren, and, you, and what you do show forth. He's not unrighteous to forget your labor of love, your work, which you've shown towards his name. And so, you know, the Bible also says this, if it's you, you even give a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, you'll never lose your reward. Amen. So, you know, when, when all the, the, the guys and gals that have helped, I want to say thank you as well for helping and cleaning the snow that you'll get a, a special reward for that you know when you do something when you push a broom in the name of Jesus you know you you can clean snow in the name of Jesus you can do anything you do in the name of Jesus you will never lose your reward so I want to give you just a few things about being a good soldier you know there was a, um, a song Years ago, onward Christian soldiers. And, and a lot of people have forgotten that I'm, I'm a soldier. Phil Driscoll did a, he had an album that he put out like in 1990 called Warriors. And um, <clears throat> we are warriors. I won't sing the whole song, but we have to think of ourselves in light, that we're warriors in the army of the Lord. But just a few thoughts about a good soldier. A good soldier... I heard another minister say this, and I thought it was great. He said, go, go where you're sent and stay where you're stationed. And, you know, he was applying that to the body of Christ. Go where you're sent. We always encourage people when they move to a place, we always like to know, where are you going to go to church? Because you should always choose a, a place around a church. Now, I know there's good churches that, that people can get online, but, but it's so important that people choose a place that they can plug into. You know, you can't put your hands, you can't usher at an online church. You can't, you know, do certain things. And so we always encourage people, where are you going to go? So that's why, you know, we also tell people this, you'll know it when it's home. That's the way church is. 
If it's not quite, it's not right. You know, it's like, well, it was good and all that. Well, that may not be your home. So we encourage people if, if you know, that visiting, we say, well, find, you know, find a place to plug in. And I always say this, if you can, be get, if you can get fed better somewhere else, then by all means do that. But amen, we're going we're gonna to feed you good around here. So go where you're, where you're sent. If the Lord tells you to, to get plugged in in a certain area, he tells you this part of ministry, this career, this calling, then do that. And then stay where you're stationed. Amen. You know, don't write your own orders. Lord, Lord, can I go? Don't they have a base over in Honolulu? I mean, when you see the, everyone's seeing what it looks like outside, right? I mean, how about you're thinking, Lord, don't you have a, a place for me in Maui? And uh, Lord, how about, um, you know, this place? Or, or a lot of people here, they, they go to Arizona or, or Florida. But Jesus says this. He says, I delight to do thy will, O God. Say that with me. I delight to do your will, O God. And let me just say this. You can just make a decision by faith even if you don't think something is right for you. And the great thing is the Lord knows exactly what fits for us. Something that we thought, I would have never chose that. I would have never chose to preach. I mean, I would have, I had other plans I was going to do. But God knows best. And God knows what's going to satisfy you. And God knows what, what you're graced to do. Don't try to do something you're not graced to do. Because you'll just frustrate yourself. So he says, I delight to do your will, O God. So number two, so we said, stay where you're stationed, go where you're sent. A good soldier takes his preparation seriously. I remember hearing Brother Copeland say this. Kenneth Copeland said when he was in the army, he said that, uh, he said, I, he, he told the, the drill sergeant, he said, he said, you're the, the, the meanest thing on two legs I've ever met. You know, you could imagine how he got treated after that. And he just said, he said, soldier, you know, and he told him, he said, if I come up on a scene and, and, and someone is, is, their guts are blown out, and that's what the guy told him. He said then, um, he said, it's not going to be because of a lack of training on my part. So as a soldier in the army of the Lord, realize this. Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But I love that because he says whom he may. I make that decision. He may not devour me. Amen. He's not devouring me. So even though he is going on as a roaring lion, the Bible says whom resists steadfast in your faith. You, you got to have some tenacity and some grit. You got to be like that one lady that Smith Wigglesworth was getting on a, um, a train and he sees this little, or a bus and different kinds of transportation we use mostly any, any time now anyway. So this lady's getting on there and this little dog came up and she said, honey, you had to go. And the dog just kept coming up and licking her foot and you got to go. By the time the bus comes up, she says, get! And that dog just took off like that, you know. We said, and Wigglesworth said this, that's what you have to do with the devil. 
You know, you just say all this, you know, devil, you just, you know, you leave me alone. He'll, you know, he'll say, he said, okay. You say, okay, devil, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. He'll say, okay. And he'll agree with you, but then as soon as you turn your back, he'll nail you. So resist him steadfast in the faith. So when it comes to your preparation as a good soldier, think about these two areas, your diet and your exercise. Your diet and exercise spiritually. I'm not talking about hamburgers and hot dogs right now. I'm talking about your spiritual diet. If you want to be serious in the things of God, you need to put yourself on a good, solid, word of God, faith nourishment diet. Amen. As you feed your spirit, you're going to get stronger and stronger. You know, the Bible talks in, in many places, it talks about Job, about his words were the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. The Bible says in 1 Timothy, it says, good ministers shall nourish you up in the words of faith and good doctrine. Well, being a good believer and a good soldier is the same way. You're going to be nourished up in the words of faith. And this is becoming more and more real to me as I study it and as I live this way. That God's word is medicine. Not just the words on healing, but all his word is medicine. All his word will affect you. Maybe it's medicine to your flesh. It might be medicine to your mind. Your mind gets renewed with the word of God. You know, a lot of people need healing in some form or fashion. Some people need help in their soul. Now, you know, many times, many years ago, you had something that was called inner healing. Now, I know what they mean by that, but what it was was about, um, you know, just digging up everything and, and dwelling in those things. But the only thing that is really going to affect your soul is the Word of God. Renewing your mind with the Word of God. Ephesians 4.23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So there are certain things that we've all encountered in life, we've all faced that can be um, devastating things. There can be things that are trauma in people's life. What's going to get you over that? The Word of God. What's going to heal your mind? The Word of God. And by being a doer of the Word. Amen. So if you haven't realized it, that's why we're really big on the Word around here. It's our life. It's our, it's our victory every day. <clears throat> so number three, a good soldier, he knows the weapons given him and uses them correctly. He knows the weapons given him and he uses them correctly. How many know it, it wouldn't do any good to go out and you have a gun but you don't have any ammunition? Unless you just, you know, hit, hit somebody with it, you know. So as a believer, I have to know the weapons that God's given me. And this is a whole teaching in itself. But the Bible says he's given us his word. He's given us his name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The, the Bible actually says that we've been given the power of attorney. Now, we know what that means in the natural, that you can sign for someone. But we have the power of attorney. That Jesus signs, he signed his name already. We use that name. In the name of Jesus. So that's why, you know, don't be fickle just using the name of Jesus like it's a rabbit foot. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. No, but you speak that name, you expect something to happen. In the name of Jesus, devil be gone. Sickness cease. Problems go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not just wishing and, you know, just like, now devil, if you could just, just leave and, and um, you know, we won't, we won't have any more run around and just, we won't have run into problems anymore. No. You run him out. <laughs> so the Bible says that he's given us the blood. The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome him, Revelation 12, 11. I overcome him by the blood and by my testimony. The Bible says he's given us the angels. That's, that's a weapon. We have the weapon of prayer. Amen. When the enemy comes in, pray. Speak the word. And so, let me say this. When it comes to praying in the spirit, that is a weapon, but I don't use it as a weapon against to fight the devil. A lot of people got into what they called warring tongues. And, you know, oh, we're just going to pray in tongues against the devil. Well, first of all, tongues is not meant for the devil's meant you're talking to God. Secondly, it's for your edification. And thirdly, the devil doesn't even know what you're saying. So I'm not going to fight him in a warring tongue. The way I, that I win... I use as a weapon is I build myself up and it's just making me stronger and stronger and stronger. So realize the weapons you have as a good soldier. You know, the Lord didn't just leave us, you know, just to be, you know, even the occupying army, they have weapons. So I have weapons at my disposal. Thank you, Lord. Number four, he pleases the one who chose him to be a soldier. He pleases the one who chose him to be a soldier. And we see that in 2 Timothy 2, verse 4. So, I am to please God who's chosen me to be in the army. And you know, what he says here is that he that wars... He's not concerned about natural things. How many know the person in the, in the military, they're not concerned about natural things. They're concerned about fighting. They're concerned about pleasing the army, whatever division they're in. You know, they're not concerned. You know, they don't have to show up and say, well, you know, Sergeant, I, di I didn't have enough money this month to, to buy the ammo. All that's provided for. He said, no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who's chosen him to be a soldier. And if a man strive for masteries, he's not crowned except he strive lawfully. You have to do things right. So I'm going to please him. And that's what Jesus said once again. He said, I delight to do your will, O God. But I want you to look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want this to be encouraging to you because 
I'm not here to magnify problems. I'm here to magnify the victory. But I want you to understand that there are certain things that, that you need to understand that you, you won't be able to say, well, I never knew it was going to be a fight in life. Life is a fight, whether you do it with or without God. Now, if you do it with God, it's going to be a lot easier. And there's certain things you'll never go through when you have his help. But I want you to look at 2 Corinthians 11 in verse 23. Paul says, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Three times was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep. What does that mean? He was out there treading water for a day and a half. <laughs> in journeyings often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils by my own countrymen. In perils by the heathen. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides those things that are without, that which comes upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And then I want you to look down in chapter 12. <clears throat> he talks about a man that was a, uh, um, he knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago in verse 2. Whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knows. Such a one called up to the third heaven. And most scholars believe that this is Paul talking about his own experience of going to the, the third heaven, which is the heaven of heavens. Uh, the Bible talks about three heavens. Um, the heaven that's just around us in the atmosphere. The, the heaven that's above that, which is the stars. And then the heaven of heavens, which is where God and his throne is. The third heaven. And so he, the Bible says that he's caught up in a paradise. He heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. And then look in um, verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And for this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then and am I strong. Verse 12, he talks about, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. See, a lot of people today want to say that they're apostles, but they don't have any of those things. No signs, no wonders, no mighty deeds. Paul said, I have the signs of an apostle. And he said that I also bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And so, I want you to understand here is Paul said, lest I should be exalted above measure. 
Now, a lot of people take that and they think that unless I was exalted in pride, that's what a lot of people say is, well, you know, unless I got into pride, then there was sent this messenger of Satan. But let me just say, Satan wants you to be in pride because that's when he can destroy you. He says, lest I should be exalted. How many remember the Bible says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. God has no problem with you being exalted, but he has a problem with you doing it yourself. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted. If you exalt yourself, the Bible says you'll be abased. So God actually wants you to be exalted. He wants a church to be exalted. Why? So it can be the light in that city. But he's against you doing it yourself. Humble yourself and you'll be exalted. So he says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. So because of these revelations, God is thrusting me forward. He's putting me in a place to where I can affect more people. Because of that, there was a sent a messenger of Satan. Now, a lot of people, you know, they, they think and fill in the blanks where the Bible tells us that it was a, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. People have, have conjured up all kinds of things that it was sickness, that he had this eye disease. Because, you know, he even said, you know, that if you, you plucked your eyes out, you know, you would pluck your eyes out from me. Why? Because you, you had this terrible pus coming out of your, your eyes. And you even wrote in the letter, Paul, that said that um, you see how large a letter I wrote. You know, he must have written words like this big, you know, in the letters because he, he can't see. See, that's just all man's ideas. Paul did not have any eye disease. He didn't want them to pluck his eye, their eyes out for him because he, he couldn't see. That's just a figure of speech. But, but what is true is this. There was a messenger, and look at that word, messenger, angelos. It was an angel of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So everywhere Paul went, he had this messenger of Satan that was assigned to him to buffet him. That means to strike blow by blow. Boom, boom. So either there was revival or riot wherever he went. And, and he said, Lord, you know, do something about this. He said, my grace is sufficient. Not so you can bear it, but so you can deal with it. See, a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm just suffering for the Lord's sake. Well, the only suffering, true suffering we should have is suffering persecution. Not sickness, not, not being in lack. Well, you know, I'm just suffering for the Lord and, and I don't have anything. No, I, I'm serving the Lord and he's going to take care of me because I'm his servant. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 4. Anyone getting anything out of this? Galatians chapter 4. I'm just going to highlight a couple things here. You can take the time to read it, but Paul endured many things. And I'm not saying you have to endure the same thing that he did. How many know that some of the things he did was, and some of the early disciples they were foundational apostles of the church. There are certain things you're not going to have to go through that the foundational builders of the church went through. But the Bible says all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They might talk nasty about you. Well, you go to that church. Well, you, you, you believe the Bible? 
you know, I don't, I don't need that. You know, and people just persecute and, 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 but the Bible says that's, that's part of the turf. But this is another, if you look in Galatians 4 verse 13, Paul says this, he says, you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at first. And my temptation which was in my flesh you despised not nor rejected. But receive me as an angel of God even as Christ Jesus. Now this is what we were alluding to. Where is then the blessedness you spake of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? But notice he says here, you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. So I want to ask you this question. Can you have an infirmity in your flesh that's not a sickness? Can you have an infirmity in your life? Well, if you just look over in Acts chapter 14, this is what Paul was talking about. And you can just jot this down, but Acts 14, 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, he, they drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood around about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra, to Iconium, and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we much, through much tribulation, Enter into the kingdom of God. Now, do you think that Paul knows what he's talking about? Here he was. He had just got stoned. Like literal stones. Dead. They supposed he'd been dead. God raised him up. They go back into the same place where he got stoned and preached the gospel. Into the same place. And so then he says... Confirming the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. So when he's talking in the book of Galatians, he says that I preached unto you through infirmity of the flesh. You know what that infirmity was? Big rocks that hit you in the head. <laughs> Don't you think that, yeah, you've been raised up, but there's still going to be evidence that you're bearing some, some marks and some stones in your face. Don't you think that would um, leave some bruises? That's why he said, you know, if it was possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and said, here. But, but I mean, Paul, he just, he went and preached anyway. He didn't say, well, brethren, you know, give me a few weeks till I heal up and, you know, I don't have these bruises. So he just went and preached anyway. He endured as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, let me give you some more good news before we go. I don't want you thinking, well, you know, the devil's after me and, and, and I'm going to receive persecution and I'm not going to hear that message. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us, giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives me victory and he continues to give me victory. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. 
What does that mean? That means we win again and again. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Hallelujah. He, he causes me to triumph again and again and again. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And then I want you to look over at 1 Peter 4 because this is something that people, they, they twist this and make it say something that doesn't. But 1 Peter chapter 4. If you really want a good teaching on um, biblical suffering, just read the book of 1 Peter. Mostly what people consider suffering is suffering for their own faults, not suffering for the cause of Christ. But 1 Peter 4, verse 12. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. So let me just tell you this. If, you, if you're having problems, if things come against you, that's called life. And things are going to come against you if you're doing things right or if you're doing things wrong. So, but I will tell you, the closer you get to the Lord, you, you, you stay in a place where it just, it's like water off a duck's back. And so the, I will tell you that. You know I mean, the, the closer you, but it doesn't mean that you're just immune. Well, you know, I'm just have to, I, I never have to have my guard up again. I don't have to pray anymore. And oh boy, I'm just going to float on flowery beds of ease and, it's going to be like picking ripe cherries off of a tree. <laughs> then you're deceived. But notice he says, don't think some strange thing happened. You know, that's just part of the turf. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, who's ever, who's ever made fun of you for your stance? He says, happy are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he's glorified. And so let me say this too. Who's ever heard us say this? We give God all the glory. But you know what? We give him all the criticism too. You know, we, we quick, quickly say, okay, Lord, you receive the glory, but then we try to take the criticism and get all flustered about it. Lord, I'm just preaching the gospel. That's yours. I'm going to give the criticism to you as well. <laughs> Amen. So he says, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. How many know we have enough to take care of our own life? Yet if any man suffers a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Don't hold, don't hold your head down. But let him glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be of, the, of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Hallelujah. So 
if things come against you, he says rejoice. Hallelujah. He says rejoice. Be glad. So I just want to encourage you today, be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Don't quit. Don't quit. I don't care. I don't care what it is that comes against you. What tells you there's nothing worth throwing in the, the towel. Well, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just disillusioned with, with you know, it, it's crazy to get angry with the Lord. Why? He is your answer. He's your helper. And so I said this earlier, always stay on God's side. Never argue with God. God, you're wrong. Really? God, I don't see it that way. Now, you know, you should be able to, I believe that the Lord, he, he's not offended if we tell him, Lord, I'm upset about this. You know, he's not going to fall off his chair. He's not going to say, don't you talk back to me. I know who I am. I mean, God, he's, he, can, he can handle it. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to like it. The Bible says if we deny him, he'll deny us, but he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. If I choose not to believe, he's still going to be faithful. <clears throat> so be a good soldier. Stay where, where God puts you in life. Serve him with all your heart and be willing to endure some things along the way. But how many remember the, we, we begin by talking about the curse? That doesn't mean a lot of people think, well, yeah, I'm suffering right now. I'm suffering because of the curse. I don't have to suffer the curse. Persecution is not the curse of the law. Persecution is part of what we are um, going to face in this life. You know, it's just like this. Some people think the Bible differentiates between this, the curse of the fall and the curse of the law. I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. I've been redeemed from poverty. I've been redeemed from going to hell. That's the curse of the law. But there's certain things that are part of the curse of the fall I have not been redeemed from. The Bible says that we should work by the sweat of our brow. How many know we haven't been redeemed from work? Everyone say amen. The Bible talks about women bearing children in pain. And I know some people that they, they, they preach that and say that, you know, you should have no pain. And if you don't, you don't have faith. Well, that's not encouraging to somebody. And it's not biblical either because that's the curse of the fall. All those things. The Bible says there's the briars. I mean, no, you can't just go step off in, in certain places. The Bible says that one day the, the curse is going to be lifted from the earth and the lion and the lamb are going to lay down together. The, the child's going to play right there near the snake. Maybe just, you know, pick it up and play with it, you know. But that's only when the, the curse is lifted. But now we have the curse. But I have been redeemed from the curse of the law and all the things that it brings. Thank you, Lord. And then Romans 8, verse 16 says this, The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. 
See, my, heaven is, my, is not my home. I'm just passing through right now, and so are you. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified. So don't just take the suffering part. Take the glorified with him together part. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, I'm suffering for the name of Christ. Let them talk about me. Let them say nasty, send nasty grams and, and send, you know, ugly letters online or whatever. Let them do that. I'm, I'm going to also at the same time, I'm going to reign with him. So I'm suffering, but I'm reigning together and glorified together with him. That's why the Bible says, don't be ashamed. If you call me Lord to my, and not afraid to, to lift up the name of Jesus, he'll acknowledge you as well. So verse 18 says this, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. The sufferings. Get this. The sufferings of this present time. See, that's why the enemy wants people to take their life. Well, it's not worth it. You know, you, you, you're better off. They're better off without you. You know, you're just, get out of this. But the Bible says that what we're in right now is only a, a small sliver of time compared to eternity. And the Bible says that we can overcome them all. Every trial, every tribulation. He said, now I guess Paul was from the South, I reckon. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. The things I'm facing are not even worthy to be compared to, with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And that's why the book of John, 1 John, he says that when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I'm going to be just like him. And the Bible says, if I have that hope in me, I'm going to purify myself. I'm not going to be caught away with just the, the natural things of life. I'm going to purify myself. Why? So I can be that vessel that's meat for the master's use. And when I stand up, the Lord calls me home, or, you know, the Lord come back, the rapture first, either way. Then I can hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? Lord, we just bless you today and we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and truth. And we thank you, Lord, for touching every person, even now. Lord, that you would quicken every person right now and quicken this word in their spirit. We thank you for it. Thank you, Father, that you have called us to be a light to the world. Thank you, Lord, that you've called us to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier. A soldier that, that will not quit. A soldier that is committed to the cause of Christ. Lord, a soldier that's going to Stand up. That's going to herald the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Father, we just thank you for strength today. That you give us faith for today. Strength for the, the day. That the next seven days will be a day of victory. Days of blessing. Days of strength. And Father, we just receive it right now. We receive strength right now. Just, just receive strength right now. Hallelujah. Just receive from the Lord right now. Father, we thank you for the strength of the Lord, which is ours. Thank you, Father, for strength. Strength. 
Thank you, Father, we will stay where we're stationed. 